Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of our Memory Lane podcast here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is going to be awesome. Today, my guest is a guy with a beautiful head of hair who, who tried walking on as a quarterback at Penn State. This guy has a hose, man. He could run somewhat fast. He built up quite a following. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Chad Pat. No, 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 not that dude. Welcome to Shane McGregor, a real-life former Penn State walk-on quarterback. Thank you very much. Shane, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I'm not too bad here on a Friday morning. Thank nope, you. Doing great. Thank you for enjoying my, my, my funky little introduction there. Yeah, I loved it. I, I, you, you're a writer. How, how about my wordplay on that, buddy? I thought it was fantastic. I, I knew where you were going right away. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> Folks, we're, we're recording this uh, the week of the Chad Powers craze, uh, and these live on it, it, for months and months and months, Shane, our memory lane podcast. People might listen to this three, four months from now. So, But this is just a few days after the Eli Manning, Chad Powers. I'm sure you've seen the video. I've seen it 30, 40 times, Shane. What, mm-hmm. uh, what did you make of Chad Powers? Well, that was hilarious at first. You know, anytime, it seemed like anytime the Mannings do something, they're, they're pretty good at it, especially with the comedic side of things. And then it was like, oh my gosh, Haluba Hall. You know, I've, I've followed it. I mean, that was my second home there for about five years. So uh, seeing the familiar confines of it and uh, and then seeing him actually go through all the drills and all that kind of stuff, it was, it was pretty funny. It was good. Yeah. Shane was a walk-on quarterback to begin his career at Penn State back, what, uh, 08, I guess, was your freshman, true yep. freshman year? Shane's yep, from Central Cambria High School in Evansburg. And I struggle with this. Is Central Cambria, is that considered Central PA or more Western PA? Um, I don't know. I would say central, central western. I don't. I don't know. I would say maybe, maybe western more. Uh, it seems like once you get up over that Allegheny front, maybe from Altoona, maybe it's more western. I'm not really sure, but yeah, somewhere in there. We're gonna have some fun with this because the the Chad Powers thing was amazing, and, and we'll touch on that a, a little bit more here in just a second. But uh, the reason I wanted to reach out to Shane is because he was a walk on quarterback at Penn State. I, I want to give people an idea of what it was like to be a walk-on, first for Joe Paterno and then for Bill O'Brien, and then Bill O'Brien delivers some tremendous news to you 
uh, about going on scholarships. So you have a great story, and we're going to get into all of that. But I, I want to go back to the Chad Powers thing. As you're watching all of this, I, I mean, just walk us through what it what it's like, what, what it's like from your perspective as a former football player, and, and you're seeing the, the spoof of a guy walking on trying to be a quarterback. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a familiar process. I actually had a lot of friends who – you know, tried to make the team and some made the team as actual true walk-ons, you know, at, through the tryout process. Um, and seeing somebody actually, you know, out there spinning it like he would have, you know, <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine what, I mean, I don't know which coaches were in on it and which, which weren't, but seeing them out there, those kids are probably like, Oh my gosh, you know, and you heard a couple, a couple of them said, Oh, he looks like he's 32 or something like that, you know, which um, it probably was a, a treat for them at least. And thinking who the heck is this guy, you know? So um, yeah, so seeing that all happen, it's like brought back some memories of, you know, personal memories from people I knew and, and, and even just throwing in that, I mean, heck, I probably threw a million, two million passes in that, in that indoor facility, you know, over those last, those years that I was there. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a stroll down memory lane. That's for sure. Now you were a preferred walk on, right? You didn't actually have yeah. to try out like Chad Powers did, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that'd be the one little difference. Yeah. I did not actually, you know, though I was a walk on, I wasn't a scholarship kid. Um, no, I, I did have the the preferred walk on status there, so didn't make it through the actual tryout. But like I said, I did have a lot of a lot of buddies who did. So explain to people first of all, we're kind of from the basic level here. What is a preferred walk on? Okay, so yeah, that's a very good question. Actually, preferred walk on would be somebody who is recruited. I would say to come on to campus and be a part of the football team, but just not with a scholarship, like a full scholarship offer. Um, so usually it's kind of the people who are, you know, not like. 100% bona fide great recruits, but somebody who could maybe develop into a solid college player, Division One college player, or somebody who's you know maybe not ready yet for some reason. Um, or a lot of times, like especially with uh, with in the Paterno era with Joe, uh, they focused on a lot of guys from the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, so ones who you know maybe had a lot of good things going for them, and maybe they weren't quite as big as needed uh, to be, you know, a division one scholarship guy, or maybe they, maybe they got injured in high school and they, you know, therefore weren't as highly recruited or something like that. Um, guys who kind of maybe slip through the cracks, but also guys who are willing to take a, you know, the undertaking of being a walk on. Cause it is a challenging thing, you know, especially when, um, whenever you could maybe go somewhere else and play right away or go somewhere else and get some money too. And so what we saw in the Chad Powers video is it's a, it's a, they call them run on now, run on, yeah, walk yeah. on, tryout. And we see all these guys, they're out there looking for a roster spot. Now, you said you had some buddies who went yeah. through that process. Did you ever, were, were current players ever allowed to be in Haluba Hall and see it? Did you ever get to see it? Like what, what that process was like for those dudes? Um, yeah, usually they would have them. I think back when I was there, they had it more in the evenings, I think. And so a couple times I went, because I, I got to be very good friends with some of these guys. I mean, heck, uh, Sean Baker, Jesse Maurice. Um, these are guys who I really became friends with because it was almost like a symbiotic relationship. Um, I wanted to throw all the time, like get reps in. Cause I felt like, you know, I, I want to make as many reps as I could as possible. And then these guys were trying to make a team. And so they needed a quarterback to throw to them a lot of times. So it was almost every winter we'd meet at four o'clock almost every weekday. And, um, I got what I needed cause these guys could run routes and they'd catch for me and all that. Cause like, you know, my, my the actual teammates, they were a lot of times they were very tired, you know, like you're, you're working out, you're doing all your stuff. Um, so I could get some extra reps with these guys and then they had the benefit of having somebody to throw to them, too, you know. So, um, yeah, because of that, I got to be tied with them. And not every single one, but a lot of them ended up, uh, you know, making the team themselves. And even my my, my, my roommates, he was uh, um, he was our starting long snapper for a little bit. His name is John Rohrbaugh. Um, I'm kind of coming real tight with him. And he made it through the walk-on tryout. 
Um, it's almost like every single kid has some sort of, you know, interesting story as to how they get to, to somewhere like Penn State and then also what motivates them to try to make it, you know, in a, in a process like that. Right. And, you know, it is cool. Very few make it, so we don't we we get their stories. It'd be it would be kind of cool to learn all these guys' stories because most oh, of yeah. them, I'm sure, were really good high school football players somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious though, and I sh- I'm sure everybody would want. Did was there ever any dude? I want to say like Chad Powers, but th- that is such a special thing because you got a 40 yeah, year old yeah. guy. But w- was there ever a dude that walked into this walk on tryout and, and everybody's like? the hell is this guy doing here he's like 34 years what what what, oh, oh, what is going old. on here yeah what what's go, what's going um, on here usually i was nobody who like was exceedingly old like what the heck is this guy doing <laughs> they're like no shot not, not, no one quite like that i will tell you that well, i mean you'll recognize the name probably um a guy who stood out as being like whoa he's he could do something was uh matt layman oh wow he was a tight yeah tight end for us he, he made it through the, like the actual straight walk on tryout and i remember I was at that one and I watched and I was like, oh, like he's, you, you can see right away. He's is it that obvious? Move. Is yeah. it that obvious yeah. that when you show up, the the one or two guys, it's like, okay, that's the guy. Some guys, yeah. You, you can, I mean, you could definitely see the eyeball test, obviously. Now they, they still have to move. You have to be able to catch or, you know, if you're doing or, or whatever your specific position, you know, requirements are. Uh, but a lot of it is eyeball tests. You know, you, if they have you around the 40 right away, you know, so um, you can see, see what looks like it could be a good you know, prospect, but then you got to actually, you know, make sure you could play too a little bit. Can you imagine being an 18, 19 year old kid in a Luba Hall? And this dude walks in. Yeah. <laughs> I got a hose. I know it's sixty, sixty-five. I mean, could you? Could you? Im- this is serious stuff. I, I can only imagine oh, yeah. these dudes are taking this extremely seriously. Oh, nervous as heck, too. Nervous as heck, too. Yep. Ner- nerves are good. Yeah, nerves are good. Nerves but are could, could, right. could you imagine, like, just what that would be like? Like, I mean. I got to think that everybody's look. Nobody was in on it except for James Franklin. But they're all uh, they all got to be looking like. What in the world? This dude's doing sixty. Yeah, where did he come from? Yeah. Well, I I, first, I thought right away of like uh, you know you hear the stories of guys who like maybe go play minor league baseball or yep. something, and they don't you know they don't use their eligibility. Like you know if I'm if I'm in there in that room, I might be thinking something like that. But also like you go into the drills, man. Like this guy is you know whipping these passes around here too. You know usually like you know walk on tryout. Usually you don't see many quarterbacks making it through the walk on tryout. Um, but to have somebody like that spinning around, that would be, you know, the kids are probably like, woo, you know, just couldn't, couldn't imagine that happening. Now you know? you're a teacher, right? I am. Yes. What do yeah. you teach? What do you yeah. teach? We'll get into your background uh, fully in a minute, but what do you teach? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, ninth grade English, actually. So right. I'm a high school English teacher, uh, ironically actually back in Evansburg, Pennsylvania at my alma mater, uh, something I never really thought I'd get into, but I started coaching at the high school level, and then, uh, yeah, just became a teacher. Yep. And, I, and, and, you know, I want to get into all that because Shane was the high school football coach for a while, but the guy, yep. <laughs> I think it was Danny O'Brien, the offensive analyst, says, you know, where, where did you go? Oh, I'm homeschooled. You making grades? Yeah. No. Uh, no. My, my mom was a teacher. She wasn't very smart. <laughs> she, she could coach. Could you, I mean, again, like, as you're watching yeah. that to me, that little five seconds, my mom was my teacher. She wasn't very smart. That That's just comic <laughs> gold, is it not? Oh, he's good. And the way, and Eli with the, with the little, not accent, but the way he was saying stuff. And, 
And oh yeah, that was that was fantastic. Yeah. I can't look. The last thing I'll mention about Chad Powers, I want to see this become a TV show. I'm sure you've seen Napoleon Dynamite and Uncle Rico. I could throw that uh-huh. throw a ball over that mountain. I, I got the TV show. Uncle Uncle Rico. The actor's name is John Grease. He was Lazlo Ollifeld from uh, uh, the Val Kilmer movie way back in the day, the science movie. But John Grease's name. He's got to be the dad. He he's the dad. He le- he left. Chad Powers when he was a baby because they got divorced. Mom's raising. I mean, you 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 can get this Holly Hunter kind of kind of Southern accent woman yep. who who you know homeschool, but maybe she struggles teaching him. And, but and she knows, but, yeah, she but, knows the heck out of football. But though. she's yeah, getting she out there and she's spinning. The, the the possibilities are endless with this to me, Shane. Oh, I, yeah. I got to think you get some. You're a writer. I got to think you get some oh, smart yeah. people on this that they could the figure out a plot. What was he doing after after his homeschooling career was done? What's he doing then? You know, what was his, his years in his early twenties like? You know, what was he? <laughs> I think he got a lot of possibilities, man. Oh yeah. my goodness! All right, so okay, I, I do want to talk about you and your career and what it's like to be a real life walk on quarterback. You get there and, and you end up being a success story because you get the scholarship at the mm-hmm. end of your career. I, I want to make sure people realize that from Bill O'Brien. But you get there, 2008, Joe, Joe's like, hey, where are you from, kid? I mean, <laughs> what, what, what is it like beginning your college career as a walk-on? Well, the wild part, I, I almost think, is a lot of walk-ons have interesting stories to, to even get there. Um, for me, at least, my, the funny thing I say, two little funny bits, is the first place that I actually applied to for school was Penn State, actually. Uh, the only reason I applied to Penn State is because my mom, like I was getting recruited by some smaller schools, of course, but my mom was like, well, just in case football doesn't work out and this whole recruiting thing doesn't happen, and just in case you need somewhere to go to just be a student, you know, let, let's apply to Penn State just so we have, you know, if we can get in there, then we'd have somewhere to fall back to, right? You know, and sure enough, I go through the whole recruiting process, and you know, I was talking to like Ivy League schools, some Division, you know, one AA, Division two schools, and then I, I get this this offer, and I was like, oh, I can't turn this down. And then it was, oh my gosh, I'm actually I'm actually accepted already. <laughs> you know, I applied way back whenever I wasn't even thinking about you know Penn State football as an option. So, uh, so it's very interesting how you get there. I also say too, it's amazing how interconnected the way like the world of recruiting is. Uh, we took actually not me not actually Matt McGloin, but a, actually three, his name is John Kelly, three different walk-on quarterbacks in my year. And I like to say that we, I probably think that we would have taken, Penn State would have taken no walk-ons that year if one other kid would have made a different decision. Um, just about 50 miles west of me, uh, a kid was growing up in Jeanette, Pennsylvania. His name was Terrell Pryor. And Penn State went all the way in to try to get him. And eventually they lost out in the recruiting battle with Ohio State. Um, but if he would have come to Penn State, you know, they probably would have had no need for quarterbacks in our class. So uh, I probably would have never even had that as, as an option. So just one person's decision totally changes, you know, what, what kind of happens for a lot of people. You but know? That, that, place, um, that place was too country. Yeah, yeah, how about it? Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was it was quite all right for me though. You know? Yeah, it's so. a, oh, that's great. Okay, so yeah. all right, so uh, as a walk-on quarterback, what is life like? You're there, yeah. Daryl Clark. Yeah, Pat, you get De- there. Pat Devlin. What's life like for you? Yeah, so I didn't actually I didn't make the camp roster to start. So it was even <laughs> what was even more challenging was I literally came in like week one. So everyone had had a you know a month of playing football, and I was just getting thrown in. And I realized, man, I'm, I'm I just get all my equipment, all this stuff, day one, Monday, and it's day one of the Coastal Carolina week one week, and I'm walking out there, and I realized like 
I don't even know the cadence. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a quarterback here, and, and there's so much stuff I don't know. And no one was really, like, stopping to, to hold my hand through the process. It was a lot of just learning on the fly. Like, you just had to, you had to just pick stuff up as you went, and you were going to mess up, you know, especially because now I'm playing, you know, heck, last year I'm playing against, you know, District 6 high school competition, and now I'm playing against the Big Ten here, you know. So it was a lot of just, like, you know, trial by fire kind of stuff. Um, but I did have some people who really did help me. Um, I'll never forget, literally first day, done with practice, my head's still kind of spinning, and, I, you know, I have my little locker there in the, in the back corner where all the freshmen were. And, you know, like a lot of people didn't even notice I was there, you know, just because I'm one of 120 guys and I'm, you know, I'm just another, another number out there. But uh, I'll never forget Jordan Norwood, actually. Uh, he walks by and he, like, stops and he says, hey, you knew. And I was like, yeah, actually. He introduces himself, shakes my hand. He says, good to have you here, you know. And it's just a small thing like that for me, you know, the position that I was in um, really meant a lot, you know. Um, that first year was tough. You know, it was, it was very tough. It was not just on the field, obviously, adjusting the things, um, but also adjusting, like, in the weight room. Uh, oh, my gosh, we used to have – they would call them Friday lifts for the guys who didn't make the travel squad. So it was, like, most of the walk-ons and guys who weren't on, like, the, the 85-man roster who would go to the away games. And, uh, oh, we would just get absolutely annihilated, you know. Oh, there were some nights we couldn't sleep. You know, some guys would go to the, go to the building and, and try to sleep there just so they wouldn't miss the lift, you know, because you were even more trouble if you missed the lift. And, um, oh, it was just – it was darn near torture. Uh, but I tell you what, it, it developed some mental toughness, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, and you mentioned earlier I did end up, you know, earning a scholarship. Every single guy in my class that we came into uh, – in with, which we had a lot of, like, walk-ons. Every single one who stuck it all the way through and ended up graduating in 2012 actually ended up with a scholarship. You know, every single one who went all the way through. And yeah. I, I love that kind of little tidbit because it shows that if you do really want it, if you are willing to be persistent, uh, a lot of times it does pay off. Yeah. It's amazing, really. Um, I, I do have to ask you, did you have the beautiful long blonde hair when you first <laughs> got there? Or did that, did that develop? throughout the career that I kind of fell into that one ironically yeah so, when, uh, well, because the reason I ask yeah. is because the be- Shane Shane was had a beautiful head of hair man I'll tell you what <laughs> it is the most it was some of the most beautiful long blonde hair you don't still have it do you <laughs> uh, no it's, it's short now yeah but, but I had I had a long for a while but yeah. it would have been easy to recognize you as one of 120 dudes with the you oh, see yeah. what I'm getting at I mean yeah. what whatever you can do to stand out to where you're not just one of 120 dudes yeah yeah, no. So, well, we actually couldn't. Like, we couldn't have, you know, couldn't have long hair, couldn't have beards um, under Joe. Like, that was his rules for the team. And so it was actually right, like, whenever that 2011 season was ending, um, I kind of fell into it. I kind of okay. let my hair grow a little more than usual. And somebody was like, oh, it looks nice. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'll keep this going. And then. Dude, you're, right. you're like a yeah. male mo- You're like Hansel. <laughs> He's so hot right now. Did, yeah. did you ever consider trying to trying to become a Derek Zoolander kind of guy? I mean, that was, oh, man. That was a good should. look, maybe, man. Maybe a, maybe a you know, profession change here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and then I got, like, started with the whole Sunshine nickname came into play. You know, just like, you know, Ronnie Bass, remember the Titans. And um, and I'm thinking, like, actually looking back, I'm like, oh, if I could have had this NIL stuff, 
I probably could have made a killing. Dude, off, like, you know, I know, like that, you know? man. You seriously? Ten got, years too early. Penn State you know? fans, this is this ten years ago. A lot of Penn State fans will remember <laughs> Shane McGregor. If you don't, Google Shane McGregor 2012. You'll, you'll see the yeah nil would have been a big deal for you. So, I know, man. I could have could have made it. Did, yeah, but now <laughs> there were outstanding quarterbacks. I think Daryl Clark is one of the most underrated Penn State football players of all time. He went 22 and he went 22 and four. Uh, did some spectacular things. Went to the Rose Bowl. Beat LSU in the Capital One Bowl. Um, yep. But you, you, so you're playing a, a, alongside these guys. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn? What What are you doing in practice every day as a walk on? You running the scout. What are you doing to to learn? Yeah. Well, so that very first year, I was oh, I was all eyes everywhere. I mean, we had Daryl was was playing, and he was pretty much the starter. But then Pat Devlin was still there, um, and so watching him, and then Paul C. and Solo as well, being like a you know he was I think he was then a senior uh, third stringer guy, and so I just literally tried to soak up everything I could. You know, just you know, just being a, being a eye in the room, just looking at it all. Because I figured if I can learn from them and what they're doing right, good. If I can see what's going wrong, good. You know, now then I had to put it into practice there. But Daryl was there was real nice, especially in that I guess preseason into summer of 2009. Um, I kind of I was matched up with him as a lifting partner, and he kind of I don't know what took me under his wing or kind of, but at least we just had a bond there where he. He went out of his way to help me in ways that he really didn't have to. Daryl you know? was jacked, man. How good of a oh, how yeah, good dude. how good was Daryl in the weight room? Talk about a humbling experience, man. I'm like this kid. This guy's throwing this stuff around. I'm over here piddling around with you know half the weight sometimes. But I had to just say, hey, it's it's a little by little kind of a thing, you know. But um, yeah, he was he was a great guy to have around. And then uh, and the ironic thing too is I had Matt McGloin, who was also a walk on quarterback, was in my class. And so we, you know, the whole five years we were kind of working up at the same, uh, kind of at the same levels, and he was just a little bit ahead of me all the time, you know. So seeing Matt go through some stuff, becoming a starter, getting to play, all that kind of stuff, um, it was just it was an interesting thing as well, you know. What was so. it like being there? With Matt, I mean, you want to talk about just coming out and Matt McGloin was a zero star recruit, yep. no scholarship offers. Wound up starting seven games in the NFL. My mm-hmm. my all time favorite Penn State football player uh, since I've been covering the team was Matt McGloin because I I yeah. root I root for those kinds of guys the guys that are not going to get every opportunity. Matt McGloin took everybody else's opportunity and and made the most. What was what was Matt like? Uh, in, in, I mean, was he just a real cocky, confident guy off the field, the same way we saw on the field, or not? Um, yeah, I mean, he always he always had an edge to him, that's for sure. Uh, and I think that's what helped him, honestly. You know, he had that confidence in himself. And sometimes I would look at him and be like, "I can't believe you're this confident right now, man." But like, he, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's one of those things where if you if you convince yourself, you know, I guess that's the name, name of the game, you know. And uh, but now looking back on it, look, looking yeah. back on it now, you can believe Matt was that confident, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, fiercely competitive. Um, and he was an athlete; like he had success all the time. He's a great baseball player. Uh, he played basketball. Um, so he was used to being good, used to exceed, uh, excelling. And it's one of those things where I think a lot of the positive self-talk, you know, what, what's the story you're telling yourself? Because you're going to go through some dark times, especially if you're a walk-on, you know, trying to achieve an almost insurmountable thing. Like, you're going to go through some adversity. So, you know, I could, I could picture it. He's telling him, you know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know, and just and if you hear yourself say that enough, and he was too. That's the thing is I know he didn't maybe look like much, but he had an arm on him, and, and also he could think. He was a very smart kid, you know, a very smart quarterback, and that's what really helped him develop 
especially when O'Brien then came and all that, um, and especially and then getting to the league. It's a lot of what he could do with his mind, as in addition to obviously you know being able to put the ball where it needs to be. Having yeah. been a guy that uh, you went through the recruiting process and you walk on at Penn State, how how did Matt McGloin slip through the cracks that much to, to not uh, be getting any offers? I would say, I mean, I think if he wasn't going to Penn State, I think he was going to Lehigh. Did you? I don't know if you already said that already or if, or if that's known information. Um, you know, so one double A, a solid one double A program. He was all of six foot, maybe at six one at best. You know, probably two hundred pounds. Didn't run particularly well. You know, all those things that like, you know, you you see at tryouts. It's almost like the whole Tom Brady, you know, the Brady six story is. It's almost an ineffective way to really look at quarterbacks. You know, it, the hard part is to evaluate a quarterback's mind and to really evaluate, you know, what can they do when they're actually playing football. You know, some guys can throw it, a, you know, seventy yards, but they might not be able to, you know, read the defense quick enough or make adjustments quick enough. You know, whereas Matt, like, he was good enough to get the ball to certain places. Um, he, I mean, I would say he had an above average arm for, you know, for his size and stature. Um, but a lot of it is like, you know, what are you going to do? All those intrinsic things that are honestly hard to see in a tryout or hard to even see, you know, kind of on tape, you know, whenever other things stand out. So um, I can see how he kind of slipped through. I was almost, you know, I wasn't as good as him in high school. So I kind of, I think I slipped through in the same ways. And then we just kind of got there. And then if you're not giving up, man, you're just going to outlast the people as well. sensational experience at Penn State. You got mm-hmm. to play in some games. You got on scholarship. You were heavily involved on campus. You're kind of really, I mean, Matt is the ultimate walk-on turn success story, and we've seen Baker Mayfield. But in mm-hmm. terms of those guys that don't become maybe star players, you had about as good of an experience as, as you could have possibly hoped for. Is that <laughs> is that accurate? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Looking back, I'm extremely thankful. Yep. So, what, what was your what was what? Why do you think it all worked out for you that way? Um, I think a lot of it was not being afraid to kind of put yourself out there a little bit, not being afraid to be a little different. Um, you know, obviously, I had my friends on the team. You know, my football community, all that kind of stuff, and then you know, my student athlete community that I was kind of a part of. But then I remember looking around like probably like my second year and I'm like, I'm like, there are so many like cool people here on this campus. And I just, I just want to get involved in some other ways. You know, I know I had some time constraints, obviously being a student athlete, but I was like, I just, I just want to do some more stuff, you know? So I got more involved with like stuff in my major, like the college communications and all that. And I got more, I got to be, you know, connected with some people through that. And then I got more involved with, you know, eventually I, I actually danced in Thon, um, which I think I was, maybe the first football player who did um, or one of the very first few. Um, and that was a big experience. And then I was got involved with the homecoming organization. I was on the homecoming court, you know, and it was pretty much just saying like, I'm only going to do this whole college thing one time and I want to try to make most of it. And especially, you know, with such a great place like Penn state, you know, I felt like I had to take advantage of it as much as I could. Okay. Know? So the, the, the question then if you would have, were you recruited by some PSAC schools? You mentioned Ivy League schools. What are, what are a handful of other places where you maybe yeah, could have? So gone? like, uh, like, like I took a couple of visits to Harvard, Yale, Duquesne. Um, I even thought about going even smaller and trying to play like play play right away, like play a lot. Um, 
but yeah, kind of in that in that middling level. Yeah. So what's always interesting to me with the walk on who is very talented and goes to the big school, you probably could have gone somewhere and played a hell of a lot. You might have been able to be a two three year starting quarterback at a Shippensburg or what in case mm-hmm. folks in case you can't tell Shane's very very bright he's getting recruited by Harvard that's that's not a surprise but <laughs> maybe you could have gone somewhere where you get to play I me personally I, I would I would play I would have never I was never you know close to this kind of mm-hmm. decision but the way my attitude is is I want to play I probably in your shoes would have gone to Shippensburg or Cal yeah. PA where I could have played some guys go the other route and it did work out for you how how difficult is that decision to, hey, you're going to Penn State, you're going to be on the field with 107,000 fans, but you may never actually play, although yeah. you did, versus, hey, you, you go somewhere else, you could be a two, three-year starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't consider that. You know, I didn't really think about that sometimes because um, I'm a competitor, too. Like, I, I want to be the guy out there. I want to be the guy playing. Uh, for me, at least, at least how I'm, I guess my brain was kind of ticking at the time is – I wanted to shoot for the moon. I wanted to play at that top level. Um, I had a dream since I was like eight years old that I wanted to, I want to play division one quarterback. And for a while in high school, I never thought I'd even get the chance just cause I wasn't good enough. You know, I didn't think, uh, but to finally have enough things, enough of the stars aligned, so to speak, to get a chance. I was like, I got to do this, you know? And then when I got the chance, you know, got the offer, you know, I still kind of drug my feet a little bit just cause I knew it would be a, a big challenge. But then I kept thinking about, okay, I could go to, you know, I could go to another school, which, you know, hey, great programs all around the country and all different levels. I could go somewhere else. I could throw for 300 yards, six touchdowns and win the game. And then at night, I'm going to turn on the whiteout and I'm going to watch and I'm going to say, man, like, what if I would have just tried? What if I would have gone there? You know, and because of that, I was like, I got to go. And, and because of that same reason, that's why I stayed you know, because I wanted to, I wanted to shoot for the moon. You know, try to slay the dragon, the biggest dragon there was. And if I made it, cool. If not, you know, I'm gonna have a lot of great experiences on the way. And the ironic thing is, like, you know, I have no way to measure this, but I honestly think by going the route that I went, even though I literally played no meaningful plays in my whole entire career, like meaningful, so to speak, um, I think I became a better quarterback than if I would have gone, you know, to another place and played in a lot of games. You know, uh, heck, if, when you're the scout team quarterback, you're playing against you know, the first string, the second string defense. So I'm playing against, I mean, you know, some all big 10, some future NFL guys, and it made me improve and it made me improve a lot, you know? And so even though it was, you know, it's not maybe our offense or it's not exactly like game reps. um, I got to play a lot of football. I treated practice like my games, you know, I want to go out there. I want to perform and I want to do well, if only just for me, you know, that was a big thing was, you know, what am I doing this for? I'm not doing this for other people. I'm not doing this for, you know, even, you know, outsiders, my family, or anything. I'm doing this for me, you know? And so what do I want? And I wanted to try to, you know, climb that mountain and to do this thing and see if I could pull it off. And, and even though it didn't end exactly as I wanted to, you know, I still think I got a lot of great stuff out of it. And, you know, it was an experience that I would not, I wouldn't go back and change it, to be honest. You, know? you end up getting on the field for two games in 2011. What was the first game? And um, <laughs> just what do you remember about you throw four passes for that season, you completed one. Just walk us through the, the, the memories of being on the field when you got those chances. Yeah, so it was actually probably a Tuesday before week one of Indiana State. So this is week one of 2011. I remember vividly sitting in the quarterback meeting room, and Jay's just talking over the game plan, you know, or Jay Paterno, our quarterback's coach at the time. And he's saying, yeah, you know, if this goes well, you know, Rob and Matt, Rob Bolden and Matt McGloin, 
they, you know, they were going to split reps pretty much over the course of like, you know, the bulk of the main time. He says, and if, the, if this goes as it should, you know, as well, like we should handle Indiana State well, uh, Shane, you'll be in the fourth quarter and then we'll keep it from there, you know. And him even just saying that so nonchalantly, like this is just what's going to happen, it was like, oh man, like that's, yeah, that, that is what's going to happen. You know, it should, you know, happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to be in this game. Like, it's not like, oh, somebody has to get hurt or, or something terrible would have to happen, like for me to get in. It's like, no, I'll, I'll be playing in this game. So it was, it was one of those kind of surreal moments to think, like, all right, you know, like I always prepped like I would, you know, maybe get in, but like to actually have that realization that, okay, I'm going to be in this game on Saturday it was great, you know. And then, so I finally got in. And you know you're you're thinking this is like you know three plus years that I've been I've been doing this thinking about what's going to be the first time like what's going to be like you know and I don't know if you ever seen For Love of the Game uh, it's uh, one of my fa- yeah. favorite sports movies uh, I love it perfect yeah well it's almost like that clear the mechanism uh-huh. you know get in there and it's like what's it going to be like when I'm finally on that field and you, you realize like yeah maybe it's a little louder than usual but it's still eleven on eleven you're still taking a snap you're still doing everything that you normally do it just happens to be with a lot more people watching you know. And the ironic thing was, you know, it was it was garbage time, so it's handoff, 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 you know. And then we get to about, I think it was about the three-yard line, maybe three, four-yard line, and it's like third and one, so, you know, Jay just calls a sneak, you know, quarterback sneak. So I'm like, okay, cool, I'll just get the first down, and then we'll, we'll punch it in then. And so I, I get the snap, I go to, you know, carry the ball, and, and I realize, okay, the pile is still moving, the pile is still moving, and I'm looking down, it's like, well, there's the yellow line, the goal line, and all of a sudden it's like I'm in. Like, oh, the ball crosses the plane, touchdown, you know. And uh, so it was one of those surreal things. I never even was thinking about like scoring a touchdown or anything like that. But uh, all of a sudden it's like, wow, not only am I in this game, but you know, I got a chance to to get in the end zone there. So it, it was a cool little moment, you know. No one really remembers it, probably besides me, but it was something that it's meaningful to finally see it pay off just a little bit. You when know? you work for four years like that, that three-yard <laughs> touchdown run, you have you have every right to remember that. And and it, it. and I see that you you completed one out of four passes. I I don't recall off the top of my head what game that was that was in. Was it in that game or was it in? No, a, that was I didn't throw any in that game. That was Eastern Michigan actually. Okay, um, I remember honestly. I remember throwing. It was a curl to the right side and I honestly thought I blew out my knee <laughs> because somebody came in like a, a rusher came in from the left and like hit me kind of low and I to this day I, I don't know how my knee is still intact because of that so I mean I really didn't care if that was incomplete or not I remember those were one of the completions but um but then I remember the completion was like a 14 yard comeback to the left side I didn't even throw it particularly well but uh you know my receiver made a good catch and you know kept the chains moving kind of thing so I want to I want to ask you about um, as you're as you're you're working hard, you're doing all this stuff. In the back of your mind, are you ever thinking about a potential scholarship or not? Um, yeah, I mean, I saw guys do that kind of thing. You know, guys who were walk-ons ascend up and become, you know, like probably the, you know, gosh, a lot of them actually. You know, guys who worked their way up through. Um, I was it was almost going to be one of those like, if it happens, great. I'm not doing this just for that you know, kind of a thing. I was in a good position, at least financially, because I had some academic money um, and I could afford to, you know, to pay wherever, you know, and not have to, you know, go on full scholarship quite yet, you know, so I could play the waiting game a little bit. Um, But honestly, once it finally happened, I was, I wasn't really expecting it. You know, I, I I knew that I was walking on, it's the way it was. And and then when it finally happened, it was a big surprise. So, and look, my understanding is Bill just called Bill O'Brien just called you in his office and, and tells you there's no video of it, right? There's no, no there's no, no Eli no, no Manning. <laughs> no, no. 
Well, the, the ironic thing was we were we were in the quarterback meeting room. I was with Coach Fish, uh, Charlie Fisher, I was our quarterback coach, and uh, I think it was Bill Cavanaugh pops in and he says, "Hey, like uh, Shane, can you come down? Like Coach wants to talk to you." And I'm sitting there like, "Oh gosh, like what? Like it, like it was." He didn't even say it in like a it was it didn't sound like a good tone either. So I'm like, I'm walking down this hallway thinking like, "Am I in trouble? Like I didn't do anything wrong, did I? You know, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking this is a bad thing, you know." And then he sits me down and, and Coach O'Brien just tells me, he says, "Yeah, he's like." You know, we want to put you on full scholarship and, and do all that, kind of, you know. And it was like, oh my god, you know, it was one of those things that, like, you know, almost like a full circle thing, you know. Um, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't the starting quarterback or anything at the time, but it was one of those like, I feel like I really, really belong now, you know. Did you? Uh, and, did you oh, start? My mom. Did you start crying? crying? Oh gosh, yeah. You know, I waited at least till I was, you know, outside his office. But yeah, call my mom because she had been there from the start. My dad too is so influential in my, you know, my sports life and everything. Um, that it was just like, I feel like we made it finally, you know, cause my parents believed in me too enough to where, you know, I, I could have gone somewhere else and maybe had a full scholarship, you know, and not to pay everything. So, um, they helped me in that sense. And they always believed in me sometimes even more than I believed in myself to start, you know? So it was so nice to be able to call them and just, and tell that to them and, and be able to share that with them. Did you know? your mom teach you how to throw a football like Chad Powers? <laughs> yeah. My mom, who, uh, I don't think she ever played a competitive sport in her life, you know, <laughs> But she supported me 100%, though. Yeah, 100%. My uh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great story, man. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I just want to give you an opportunity to, to say what you're doing now. I know you did coach high school football at your alma mater for a few years. Yeah. What's your life been like since you left Penn State? Well, thinking about, honestly, now you got me thinking about the walk-on thing. I, probably my first coaching job, I will have to shout out my friend. His name is Matt Baxter, who he came to me. We became friends kind of randomly, and he was trying to walk on to the team. And he wanted to be a wide out. And he didn't, he honestly, and he would tell you the same thing. He did not know much about being a wide out. And, uh, but he was a good athlete though. And so I worked with him a lot. And I like to think like that was almost my first coaching job. Um, when I left Penn State, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. Um, I had an English and I double, I had double major English and, um, and print journalism. And I thought I wanted to write. Um, I worked as a freelance writer for a little bit. But then I got snagged um, into high school coaching, actually. You know, I, I ended up running into one of my old coaches, you know, and then I, I went out for one practice. One became two, two became three, and then the rest is history. So I was an assistant for a while, and then I became our, the head coach at, here at Central Canberra High School, uh, and I did that for like the last five years. And then I gave it up after the last season. I just got some other stuff I kind of want to do because uh, that's a big undertaking, that's for sure. And then in the process, too, I started as a substitute teacher, and then I went back on my teaching cert- certificate. And so now I work as, like I said before, a full-time English teacher here. See, you're, you're kind of close. Chad Powers is a substitute and a part-time carpenter. <laughs> Did you ever do any carpentry? <laughs> no carpentry, no. Maybe maybe oh, it's fine. Maybe I should pick it up, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it, again, it, it's a cool story. What, what did you learn as a high school football coach that, that you did not know as a player? Ooh, man. Well, it's, it's one thing. I, I'd say I was a smart player because I could absorb information and translate it um, into what I needed to do, you know. It's another thing to try to get other people uh-huh. uh, to understand. You know, they say, like, I guess the deepest form of understanding is when you can actually teach something, you know, and teach something in a simple enough or an effective enough way to, to get it across to kids, you know. So it's a lot built on relationships. Uh, that's one thing I like to think I have. You know, we didn't even win a ton of games in my time here, but I like to think, you know, a lot of my guys still had good good careers, good solid uh, experiences with Central Cambridge football. Um, even though, yeah, we wish we would have wanted some more games here. And I've got, and, you know, going all the way back to 2013 was my first year coaching, you know, just right after I was done at Penn State. You know, I've got some, some strong relationships with my coaching staff, guys who I used to coach with, and then, you know, former players that become, 
that become friends, you know, that become, you know, the, the lifelong relationships that you have, you know, just like I had as a player. Uh, now I had as a coach. So. You know, you mentioned good, strong experiences. When you look back on being a walk-on at Penn State and everything you went, it doesn't always work out as well for everybody. Some walk-ons, mm-hmm. maybe they're on a team for a year or two and they, they, they move on. But when, when do you ever kind of just pinch yourself of, wow, <laughs> I, I can't believe for with everything you went through, getting on the field, getting all those experiences, getting to play, getting the scholarship. It really was. Now, you're no Matt McGloin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but hey, with regards to 99% of the rest of the walk-ons in the world, it worked out pretty damn well for you. Oh, I, I do say, like, I, I literally work and I teach and, and I've coached at the same high school that I went to and played at. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, was that a five-year-long dream? That was real, right? You know, I really, I really did that, you know, kind of a thing. And because uh, it was such a, it was such an amazing experience, you know. And I like to think, you know, anybody gets themselves in that situation, um, you know, it's not for everybody, you know, the whole walk on life. But if you do, you know, just go after it and work really, really hard. And if you do, and if you've got that, I want to say that grit, kind of that determination, you know, that keeping that dream alive, you know, some cool things can happen. That's for sure. I love the story, man. I appreciate you playing along with the Chad Power stuff. It was it was such a crazy, crazy stuff. This yeah, that's right. It's great. But I pre as soon as soon as I saw it, I was like, hey, what can I do with this this week? You know, Shane was Shane was a walk on. He's the uh, the kind of guy that would probably enjoy uh, having fun with all this stuff. And I can't thank you enough for uh, for for playing along with everything. Great stuff, man. I wish you nothing but the best of luck, dude. Amen to that. Thanks for having me on here, Corey. All right, thank you, Shane.